Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, the Ramon Foster Live Show. Happy Friday to you, Moan. And happy Friday. What a day. I don't know. Is it? It always <laughs> is, man. We're here enjoying each other, talking sports and other things. And uh, it's a good time, man. It's a happy Friday. Let's roll. I got a little bit of sunshine today, too. Here's how this works. If you're new to the new version of the Ramon Foster Show, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, just chime in. Put it right there in the Super Chat. Put it in uh, comments under Facebook. If you're watching us on Twitter or Twitch or somewhere else and you want to participate, you're going to have to go over there because Twitter doesn't allow it. I don't know why. I don't make the rules. Ah, neither do I, DK. We just play the game. That's usually what I did anyway, right? And try not to get flags, but that's neither here nor there anymore. Exactly. Tyler gets us going with a, hey, <laughs> no question. Just happy to see Yins. Very nice touch there, Tyler. Chad gets us going for real when he says, hey, Moan, would you prefer the Steelers draft Paris Johnson or John Michael Schmitz? <clears throat> We're talking about two different positions right here. It's a great question, too, Chad. Mm -hmm. Been following these young guys uh, through this draft process a little bit. Paris Johnson, to me, has played guard and tackle. He's played a year of both of them. Came out as a high fifth uh, five-star guy, man. John Michael Schmitz, former, uh, former wrestler, has that background. You know those dudes are usually tough. Plays center mostly. I don't think there's a fit for a guy like John Michael Schmitz because, to me, Mason Cole did a really good job. He's going to primarily play center in the NFL, if I was guessing. Most people say he's the number one center coming out this year. And Paris Johnson, to me, he's going to be gone far too early for Pittsburgh. Who I'd prefer, though, Paris Johnson, if I'm yeah. if I'm selecting either. That's to answer your question. I think Paris he's a monster. Johnson is a, he's a monster. Yes, he's been yeah. that way since high school. Comes from a program where this team has a lot of lineage, obviously. Ask Cam about that. <laughs> no doubt, DK. Ramiro says, first time catching live. Thank you both for all the great daily content here. Uh, MJ says, I, hey, Moan, I think you should interview a defensive lineman from one of the opposing AFC North teams from when you played. Someone who can share great stories with Geno Atkins or Raven. Come on, what do you think? 
Man, I may be able to pull that off, man. Uh, you I, might I actually. Definitely. No, for real. I Even though it was crazy rivalries, and you know they were too, DK, uh, the relationships that we all have kind of had with one another is very unique off the field. But it Respect. was – Yes, 100%. Uh, that'd be good. Gino, man, he's gone away. I think he's officially retired at this point. I got to see where Gino actually is. Gino Atkins actually played against him in college also. Yeah. Oh, really? I yeah, Georgia. But I didn't see him much because he was D-tackle, and I was actually O-tackle. I didn't get much of Geno Atkins. I do remember one of my uh, teammates from uh, Tennessee that said, you don't remember Geno? I'm like, nah, I didn't have to play against him. He was like, I remember Geno Atkins. <laughs> so he's been that good for a long time. Teresa says, hey, Moan, happy Friday to you and DK. Should the Steelers pursue Orlando Brown Jr., a left tackle? in free agency i would love to but the answer is gonna be no no dan moore will get another opportunity all folks i spoke to think dan moore thinks the world of dan moore and i do too i contribute that to having a bad skid early on uh and not knowing how to correct that i recently just saw clips of this offensive line doing work dk Mm-hmm. they're better off than I think we're going to give them credit for. And this is the other thing, too. We just got to this world of having cap space with the Steelers, DK. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to give it all away on one player at left tackle, man. He's going to commit about, about $23 million a year, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you would. That That's something that when you have a guy like a Dan Moore who's young, who's on his rookie contract, mm-hmm. who's not breaking any bank, I understand that the position is important. I also understand that you I'm sorry, free agency money. I'm moving it to the other side of the ball. I know everybody complains. I just paid defense. <laughs> really? I just paid defense. But look where the need is. Yeah. There, there's an actual need this year, DK. That's a real conversation to be had. Yeah, no question here. Sauce says, uh get this here. It is. Sauce says, Hey Moan, did you ever have to adjust your contract due to cap constraints? If so, what's the process like? No, nah, I never had to. It. You mine. didn't do a restructure? No, nah, nah, I never did a restructure. Mine was always very team-friendly. Although I was paid well, it wasn't double digits a year. Uh, those guys, you get those contracts constructed so many different ways. You can do deferred payments where it becomes a roster bonus for guys that are going to make the team. Like, I think, uh, let's say Heath Miller was a guy. Hey, Heath, we want to restructure you into a roster bonus. He'd go through camp, not really do a whole lot, and he'd get paid a, a bigger check at uh the day the final rosters are being paid there's so many different ways you can get it up front also as far as as a bonus in the off season that kind of happens along the way uh but what it really does is it guarantees you're you're going to be on the team that year which also on the back end makes you a risk later because your cap number becomes higher yeah that's uh, the interesting thing about uh the the restructuring that goes on in the nfl is they they cherry pick who they are going to restructure. It's not always, by the way, the highest paid guys, the top of the uh, top of the scale. You'll right. also see it with a place kicker. You'll see it with different guys that they feel there's just something there that works for them uh, mathematically. Here, Matt says, is there something to be said for the tables turning in the AFC North in terms of locker room noise? Things seemingly going well in Pittsburgh. Other teams with big distractions. Oh, I get it now. Okay, Lamar and Joe Mixon and everything else. Although the Joe Mixon thing sounds like it's nothing. 
Joe Mixon situation sounds crazy because it's guns involved. I I don't guns know what and it children. was. Yeah, children. Yeah, like- I I do know that these the kids these days. I say, oh God, I sound old saying that. A lot of kids have these Orbeez uh, wars they have with those guns. It's basically like aerosol guns with like soft pellets that dehydrate, so it's not like a hazard to the environment and stuff like that. That I don't I don't know if Joe Mixon is that dumb. Uh, but to say that Pittsburgh is a city, <laughs> I'm serious. You can't be you are. Firing, firing pistols at kids and stuff just because they shot a, a pellet gun at your house. Now, this is America. You know how it goes. You have your Second Amendment right if you feel threatened. But I don't think Joe Mixon is doing that. No, no. But do you think the tables are turning in terms of locker room noise? Matt, I'm going to jump in on that one because the whole mythology – that the Steelers were somehow some house toxic. You know, that was toxic. This and that it was one guy. Yeah, it was one guy. And then mm. notice magically when he was gone, all the other names just fell right off the list, and they yeah. start, they they started getting off the uh, the the various shout fest shows on national networks and everything. Why? Yep. The, Plain and simple. I mean, it wasn't true. Ex- wasn't true man dk this is you know the best part about us doing a live show too Mm. we get breaking news as it happens man what is that pittsburgh ended up releasing uh cornerback william jackson the third oh that was a couple days ago actually was it why am i just not getting that dk i don't know you you have slow internet there in hendersonville Man, I got the fastest internet it's probably because i don't have a haircut or something but (laughs) excuse me actually Actually, William Jackson was an, a known thing. That was yeah. that was a foretold thing for months. Uh, he had something like a twelve and a half million dollar cap hit. They really yeah. liked him. He, he, he never got onto the field. I sort of thought from Washington. Yeah, yeah, I remember that trade, man. Don't remember much about his playing time there. No, it's because he didn't play. They they wanted to get him <laughs> on the field and see what he had. Um, he didn't have anything. He never got on the field, and and that was the end of that here. Zach has a question for you. He says, hey, Moan, what was the best draft class, top to bottom, that came in during your time? Um, I have to be 2010, probably. Marquise, A.B., Emmanuel, uh, was Worlds in that one, too? I forget who was in that one. No, no, not Worlds. It has to be the 2010 uh, Pittsburgh Steelers draft to me, uh, man. That's what I'm looking up here right now. Yeah. Sure get it all right. Oh, okay. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, go ahead, DK. Let all me right. Hear here it goes. Marquise, one. first round. Jason Worlds was a second round he pick. He was. Emmanuel Sanders, third round pick. And we're going to get into some uh, not so great. But Thaddeus Gibson, Chris Scott, Chris Dunn Butler, uh, Stevenson Sylvester, but way at the end there, sixth rounder, Jonathan Dwyer. Nope. Like Stevenson Sylvester Sly had a good stint with us, two injuries, got him a little mm-hmm. bit. DK towards the latter part of that man. Uh, Cresden Butler had a f- few years in the league too, got a couple starts, if I'm not mistaken, around the league too. Doug Worthington, I think, just ran out of space inside of that room. That First, one, two, three of that group. Chris Scott also had an extensive uh, career in the league. He ended up going to Carolina, getting a couple years out of them. That is a very thorough class from one all the way to six with Antonio Browns. Oh, my God. When we come back, more of your questions. 
At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. You know, it's funny, this new version of the Ramon Foster show has me feeling like baseball with a pitch clock. <laughs> Why you know? is that, DK? There's just such a, there's a pace to it. There's a pace. Like everything is, you know, like me and you, anytime we wanted to cut off and take a little break and detour and just BS yeah. and whatever, we would do that. Now it's like, next question. Get the next thing. Get the next thing. <laughs> but this is also fun, though, too, DK. Mm-hmm. I enjoy this, man. Look at this crowd. I love it. No, I, I like this a lot. We have a lot of people in here today. Wow. Randy Wagner says, hey, Moan, what was your favorite fan base besides Pittsburgh that you enjoyed performing for? That's fair right there. Uh, probably the Titans because that was home for me. Uh, I'd probably go as far as saying, oh, my gosh, San Diego. When San they were Diego. in San Diego. Yeah, why is that? Or L.A. Because we don't come out there often. Mm-hmm. And and that is one of the biggest fan bases I've seen on the road is in San Diego. I heard they have, if not the, the, the I think they have the second biggest Stiller bar in America, if I'm not mistaken, too. And it shows on the road like that fandom outside of Pittsburgh. You know how it is on the West Coast, DK. San Diego is up there. Yes. Someone might want to get that memo to Roger Goodell. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, for sure. Just saying. That's... uh. Just a, a big, big difference in, in terms of how that league conducts itself and, and just letting a market like that just go away. I know, man. You know? It, it was so good. I enjoy San Diego a lot. I, I, you know, I visit out there a few times anyway, man. I love it. Alvin asks, do you think Bud would re-sign with Pittsburgh? Yes, I think he would. Uh, but I'll say this. Most guys that I know that ended up getting cut probably how they feel unjustly and Bud's situation probably want probably want to play against the team that cut him. It wouldn't shock me if I saw Bud go somewhere like the Colts, Texans, or Jaguars just to get back at a team two times a year. Would I love to see him? Absolutely. Uh, is there a conversation around would he go back? I asked him. I was like, man, would you consider? Most people enjoy what they had in Pittsburgh, and that answers most of the time. Yes, him and TJ had a real good thing going on. Oh, relationship-wise, too. Yes. So people don't think you're just talking about football. These guys were bookend brothers in every way. Mm-hmm. No, you know? they were the perfect mess, for, for, like, seriously. Rhonda asks, what actually happens in the locker room at halftime? Please clarify this one for everybody, Moe. I think everybody thinks that you're sitting around making adjustments. No, it really ain't a lot you're of going adjustments. going to the bathroom. The bathroom, eating some oranges and bananas if they're around, drinking some Gatorade. Nowadays with social media guys, check their phones. Uh, but you, how long is, is is? I don't even know how it is because it goes by so fast. It, Halftime it, is what? Fast. It's 15 minutes. 15 minutes. So you spend three minutes walking to the locker room. From there, you get a couple minutes by yourself. Coaches come back in, DK, and they'll ask you what you like, what you don't like. If we're having a very crappy quarter, or I mean half, some a team leader try to bring everybody together and say, "Hey, get your heads out of your butt, man, and, and let's get it going." But it's nothing overly dramatic, like somebody 
ripping your new rear end. Nah, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> Donnie asked, hey, Moan, which team slash stadium did you least like visiting and why? Tampa. Tampa? Not yeah. in the division? No, not in the division. you like those games. I love those <laughs> games. And they have nice hospitality, too, at the stadiums. Uh, Tampa puts you underneath the stadium. What the fire, what is that, retardant? Is underneath the spray stuff. Like, you're yeah. really in a hole at Tampa when you're in the visiting locker room. Their locker room absolutely sucks. I hate it going to Tampa. Plus, it's humid. Uh, it's, it, uh, Tampa needs a new stadium. I know they get all the Super Bowls and stuff, but I hate that place. That place is uh, very, very different, to say yeah. the least, including its location just out in the middle of some suburban grass. Yeah. Um, very, very unusual here. Always icky and hot, too. Yeah, well, that's just Florida in general. Don't, <laughs> that's, don't, that's don't, get, don't get me started on that one here. Uh, Cody says the Steelers seem to have hit a home run with Pat Meyer. He did an incredible job mm-hmm. with the O-line last year. What traits or skills do you think make up a good offensive line coach or that you valued in your O-line coaches? Individually coaching. Don't coach everybody to the same criteria. You do the same technique and allow flexibility in it, but don't try to make a right tackle play like a left tackle when athletically they just don't match up. Don't try to expect the center to do these types of things, knowing where your adjustments are, um, and also uh, treating those guys like they are important. That's one thing Munch did. Like We knew he was going to go fight for us, and I feel like Coach Pat Meyer does the exact same thing with this group. If you listen to them, you hear that kind of resonate a little bit. You know, there's there's a, there's a lot of different ways to 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 look at that that situation. The number one that I have is that he had both challenges in front of him. Coach Meyer did. Yes, he, he did. He had to coach up the left side. Well, actually, all of them, all five of them, individually. Mm-hmm. But he also had to form them into a union. Okay, and that's why it still strikes it strikes me that late in the season, when I went up to uh, it was in Charlotte. Yeah, and I asked. I asked jointly. I asked James Daniels and Chuk Sikorafor sitting right next to each other. Tell me who gets the credit for this. And hmm. I'm looking at Chuk's, but James Daniels jumps in and says, "Coaching." Yeah, like that. Yeah, and it was exactly, <laughs> and it was no joking, no nothing, just coaching. Yeah, yeah. And- it, it it goes a long way, DK, because when the language is same. The teaching's the same, and there's fairness amongst everybody. That's mm-hmm. when you get the most out of a group like that. You know how I always take up for the OL. Like, there's levels of just disrespect that come at the position. No stats other than starts, you know, or if you give up, people track sacks. Um, so that that matters a lot, DK, to a very prideful group most times. Michael asks, hey, Moan. Oh, we're going to start getting a lot of these. If you had to <laughs> rank their level of toughness slash difficulty to play against, what order would you put these guys in? Gino oh. Atkins, Haloti Nada, Aaron Donald, Calais Campbell. Michael, I'm going on. Uh, I'm going on personal side, not necessarily what the what what the masses think. Number one on that group to me was probably Gino. One because you don't expect it. Two. Wait, what do you mean by you don't expect it? 
a guy his size getting underneath your pads, having the ability to you not, don't expect it. Oh, okay. he will play you like a three hundred and fifty pound guy because of his strength, but he's fast like a friggin' DN or a linebacker. That's where Geno gets you in my one on ones against him. He's one on that list, and probably is going to be when we're talking about guys I've gone up against consistently. Him one. It's tough between Calais and Haloti. Oh, there was a time when Haloti was just. I know, but I. I know. Calais did it over a longer period, but the early Haloti Nada was just a. What do you do with give this me, guy? Give me Gino. Give me Haloti. Calais and Aaron Donald. That doesn't mean Aaron Donald's not the best out of all of them. I didn't see much of Aaron that's, Donald. That's I was yeah. gonna, I was going to ask if you'd ever even faced him, but then uh, when we went to St. Louis, when the fire, uh, when the uh, fire started on the field, wow, okay. yeah, that was a long time ago. That's, I was going to yeah. say that's pretty random, but yeah, yeah, I uh, think yeah, that, that was around the time. Yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of uh, Aaron Donald, Calais, and, and Haloti. Now might as well be two A, two B though. MJ gets a little personal, wants to know how your kid's looking for this year's baseball season. Have him come through that door and tell us himself. <laughs> I would, man, but it'd probably be too much. A teenager on his phone or something. He's doing pretty good, man. He uh, knocked one off the wall, man, at about 340, 350 feet. He was probably about four inches from going over the fence. Yeah. He's 14, uh, and he's pitching well, too, so... I try to suppress that because baseball is such a hard sport. You know, it's good days, bad days. And also, it depends on the friggin' umps, too, man. Oh, here goes dad. No. I played a game last night. Kid on the opposite side. Uh Same spot. My kid. Not the same spot. Josh Bittinger asks, hey, Moan, would you rather have Dan Moore at left tackle or Darnell Wright or even Wright over Chooks, possibly, on the right side? Let me tell y'all this, okay? Chook's not moving from that right tackle spot. Chook's is not moving. I also tell you this, too. Darnell wanted to play right tackle. Could you move Darnell right interior? That would have to have some understanding of job responsibility if you wanted to put him at guard. But this kid is more productive at right tackle than he was at left tackle. You look at his measurables, though, from the combine. Pretty much a five-flat DK. Mm-hmm. That says left tackle speed. But that is also the position in which you just kind of say, why would I change him? I was telling the story to somebody earlier. You remember when Dave came in, I was playing right guard. Who was the first rounder that only played right guard? The Castro. Mo, yep. man, we need you to we need you to play left guard, man. Yep. Want to move you over there. You know yep. what? What happens? Dave plays right guard. Dave plays right guard. Yeah. Why would we change that? Yeah. I I I get a sense, Moan, in general, mm-hmm. from the fan base, that they think less of the Steelers' current state of the offensive line than the Steelers oh. do themselves. Not from any PR or spin standpoint. I think that they really think they've got something. You, they do. I, I know they do inside that building. Mm-hmm. The fan base doesn't DK because they're not us. And you know what happened to us? We weren't the line before us either. It takes time for that group to grow on you. It takes time for that group to grow up individually and collectively too. You're not wrong in how you feel about them. I always want replacements. Heck, we heard that same stuff. Did we not, DK? Oh, we yeah. need a new. We need. Well, especially with Al. Al, Al yeah. was the one when when because Al looked different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some doubts cast because 
Uh, he was seen as a late bloomer for very yeah. obvious reasons. Okay, I mean, He was busy yeah. doing something a little bit more important before that. But yeah. they also know that Al came in with the, the, the physique, which he did of a – I was going to say a tight, tight end, end. Almost a tight end. Almost like faith. a wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but he, he added – a hundred pounds. Yes. He had it. That is a lot of protein shakes. <laughs> and after a bit of time, you started to see Al look more comfortable and get yep. quiet over there. And then everything was just kind of okay here. On a related note, a semi-related note, John Gorman asks, do you think Kevin Dotson goes into the season as the starting left guard? That's my only, what do they call that in uh, football, soccer. That's my only yellow card. And the only reason that's my only yellow card because his levels of of staying in the lineup is something that has to be more consistent. His level of also uh, being consistent must rise up a whole lot higher, DK. That's my only knocking. My thing is when it comes down to him, the one thing that we expect him to do is move people off the, off the ball. He got to be able to do that and not have those mental errors. Now, I got I to gotta call you out a little bit on this one. Go ahead. You are tougher on this position than any other position on the football field for very obvious reasons. You just well, are. I can agree with that. I'm okay. probably – yeah. I will hear from you in your analysis after a game something that is super crazy specific yeah. that Kevin Dotson should have done. Okay. Well, of course, because you know it, you lived it, you breathed it. Okay. For 11 years in the national football league. And there's a part of me, I was rough on Dotson. You know that Yeah. early on. Okay. There's a lot of stuff, including the availability and everything else that I didn't like, but man, has he won me over Uh, on and off the field. He is dedicated. Uh, He's tough. He's hard. And what up? push oh no doubt what a push he you, you want to know why i go at his position specifically let's hear it let's hear it because he's not like the others chooks drafted high got paid already your right guard your center same exact thing dan moore is a left tackle in this league higher draft pick than him I think there's more volatile and left guard than other positions. That's why I like for guys that play behind me to lock up that position because that may be a rotating door of who's our next cheap guy. And Dotson is very, very cheap in accordance to what the Steelers could and couldn't do as far as replacing him. He must pop and stick and play with a level of consistency. It's not that I got anything against him. I do not. I like him. But that position is the one in which right now, he got to be consistent in something because he's replaceable right now. And I hate to see young guys with talent go through that. A couple more today. Uh, Toddy asks, is there any minuscule chance that the Steelers can sign Javon Hargrave? If it is, it is probably about this thick of a chance. Give me one second. It is that <laughs> thick of a chance. You see <laughs> Uh, I highly doubt it, man. Hargrave has got a really nice market. That's that's where I'm at on that one. Yeah, I mean he's 30, which is which isn't going to help. But he's at a position where he's coming off arguably his best season. Yeah. Okay, meaning a, a financial position right now, which is perfect. Okay, to help the team get to the Super Bowl. Big part of that. Everything else here, uh, 60 tackles, 11 sacks. 
Mm-hmm. That is the most Javon line ever because he'll tell you he's not himself unless he's getting to the quarterback. He's not a plugger. Yeah, no. he's he's not big snack. He he's looking to penetrate and do damage. Yeah, and oh man, it'd be something though, Moan. Yeah, I, I, trust me, I want that old thing back too. But this was gonna cost and hurt us a lot more. Um, Josh says, "Flip it the other way, Moan. We would love him back." <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Tim says to Moan, I miss your memes. Moan, you have some of the best memes ever on the internet. <laughs> I have, man. It's fun. I'll get the young guys here and there, man. I'll make sure I bring them back. We are definitely going to finish with this one because it's just too good uh, to let Sid. And that's Roger Perkins saying they need to draft for the trenches early this draft. I think we can all agree on that, right? We can. I saw somebody in the comments, too, say uh, we got to build depth. That's 100% true. And, you know, I've been banging on this table, too, as far as getting Cam and uh, DeMarvin Leal some help up front, and TJ, for that matter, too. I'm, I'm with that idea. I'd love to go get after a sexy pick like a cornerback or a middle linebacker or something like that, but uh, you need some heavy boys up front to get the job done, and I think more defensively than anything. Yeah, I mean, it's all on that. To me, it's – when you're talking about the draft, you're talking about that side of the football. Yes. Um, because I, you already have a younger offense, and we can go through all 11 spots. Yep. And, and I'm going to say back to you, well, which one do you really, really want to upgrade? You can say left tackle, but they believe in their left tackle. They do. They, they do. you got wide receivers who you always going to find them. I have people in other fan bases tell me, how does Pittsburgh always find the wide receivers? They just got a knack for it, I guess. Yeah, there's no question about that. Moan, uh, this has been fun. You enjoying yourself? This. I am. I am, man. This is this is pretty dope, DK, and I love seeing the comments come in, too. Yeah, they, they just don't stop. By the way, we're at 151 live Let's go. right now, which is... What are you looking at there? She's showing DK. me. So much. Oh, yeah. She's That's showing me. That department. That's a stat, she, the stat, stat department. My, my wife is over here. She's showing <laughs> that the graphic is going like this, which means that if we stayed on for another half we, hour, it would be like way up here somewhere. Um, you know what? This is all going to take care of itself. Like we've been talking about is once we people start trusting that, yeah, we're actually going to be here at 4 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Central, they're going to stop worrying about whether or not, you know, they get their alerts or their alarms or whatever. Look at your clock. I know, man. Uh, This is fun. I appreciate doing this with y'all, man. That's good stuff. Let's do it again Monday, Moan. I I just got to drop this one because I see it. Trade Deontay Johnson, sign Orlando Brown Jr., a D-tackle, and Hargraves. (laughs) Got to get him in the GM office, man. I love that, Anthony. He could, Ramon could do this all day, people. You have no idea. I'm the one kicking him off. You are, DK. (laughs) Shame. All right, let's do it again Monday. We'll have more to talk about for real. Free agency, tampering, all that type of stuff. All that stuff. Mm Mm-hmm.